I feel like this might be the uh, this may be the uh, imposter syndrome of asking about American culture. Um, but what in the heck, right? How come everywhere you go uh, and you go out? Well, maybe not now, but in the before times when you would go out for say a meal or something, you kind of expected to tip. I'm not. I'm not against it. It's just like I feel like it's expected all the time, and I feel like it's perhaps related to the wages that the staff don't make. Is that right? I'm I'm pretty sure we covered this in either either no, maybe someone else covered it in another Oh, I do know where I do remember where. So wonderful <laughs> podcast, we should totally copy them called Schmanners, where it's oh, literally yes. them just talking about different uh topics of like cultural etiquette and things. Uh both the history and like why we do things. One of, in my opinion, the most frustrating of things is tipping, not because I don't like to tip, but mm. it is because I, I too have lived in a country where tipping was considered a uh, rude and something you only did when you thought that the service was so terrible that people maybe would work better if they were paid more. So... Mm. Uh, and that was Japan. But yes, the the short answer is that tipping start or tipping is a thing in America because the government and the IRS and business owners somehow figured out that if tipping became the courtesy, if tipping became the norm, they didn't have to pay their wait staff as much because at the end of the day, they would make it up in tips. And there's actually some protections. I haven't been in a job. Well, actually, I've never worked a job where I only worked, you know, mostly for tips. But I haven't, I've lived with people who have. From their experiences, basically, you have people getting paid like, a tenth of what a normal wage would be like a tenth of minimum wage. So if like we're fighting for like $15 an hour, they would be getting paid like two, $3 an hour. And that would be considered like a good job if the tips worked out. And the idea was if, if the amount didn't equate up to, you know, minimum wage, the business was responsible for making up the difference. That's that's how it's supposed to work. I don't know if that's how it is for every state. I do know some states do apply that. So where it gets weird, where it gets really weird is in fine dining where there is an expectation of gratuity to be applied even though the wait staff is making above minimum wage. And again, this is kind of a service industry complaint of, okay, in most countries, tipping is considered is considered to be rude or it's just kind of a, eh, you know, if you do it, it's going to be weird, but no one's expecting it. America has become so expectant of it that even when it should not apply, they apply it by default. <laughs> and then often expect you to tip above that as well. So 
there are some services, some restaurants where depending on depending on how much you spend or how many people are in your party, a gratuity is automatically applied. Sometimes it's 15%, sometimes it's higher. I think I've seen as high as 25%, which blows my mind because these are usually mm. places where like a, a six person meal is going to be $300 and 25% of that is just so much money. <laughs> like that's just a lot. And mm-hmm. that's, and you're still expected to tip on top of that. Um, that's where I'm kind of like, wait a minute. I feel like, I feel like we're getting the, the wool pulled over our eyes there, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I do the, is tipping just kind of a, like you do it if you do it, you don't if you don't in the UK. Yeah, as far as I so, the way that I've always done it is I've always done it if the uh, service has been good or has been exemplary. Um, other than that, it's 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 not compulsory at all. And and I think I've only ever been to one restaurant again in the in the before times, right, where a gratuity was automatically added. And, you know, when when you're at the point where you're, you know, paying or looking at your bill and dividing it all up, if you divide it all up, um, that's when, you know, if you want to, you can apply a tip. Uh, but most of the time, it's a case of, ah, keep the change. You know, in the before times where everyone used cash, it was just like, ah, keep the change. It's only, it might only be two or three pounds, but, you know, if it goes in the tip jar and pounds or something like that, not pounds. Uh, yeah, we used to use twigs and spit. But um, we decided that uh, that was slightly unhygienic. Oh, man. Now, here's the thing. If you're in the U.S., tip. Tip your wait staff, please. Because Mm -hmm. most of them are working below minimum wage. And if if the company does have to compensate for if they don't make minimum wage they usually just wind up firing, you know, those people (laughs) or they cut their hours. They do everything in their power to make sure that they don't have to pay it. And there's been a huge argument about increasing the minimum wage to $15 an hour uh, minimum across the country. And yeah, there, there are places where I think it's still like $10 an hour, which yeah, that's, I mean, that's a, there's a big, big question mark there. Uh, and why we refuse to pay people, but yet the prices of everything keep going up. Uh, mm. I don't fully understand it, but suffice to say, like, there's not just an expectation to tip. It's it's often a, if you don't tip and tip well enough, then in most cases, that wait staff just winds up being let go. Um, there are also some weird things around like pulling tips and like some places like if they work on pulled tips no matter how good or bad someone did all of their tips go into like a pool and then are distributed evenly amongst the wait staff which again don't know how i feel about these well i do know how i feel about them it's not good uh but Mm. it is definitely one of those situations where i think tipping has just become a thing 
And because of it, we have to kind of play the game. But if we're going to play the game, there are ways around it. Like, if you can tip cash, tip cash. Because if there aren't pooled tips, cash tips will often go to whoever served you, not necessarily the entire pool. Um, Whereas card tips don't get calculated until later. So those wind up often going into a pool. Um, And then also 15% is a recommendation. Uh, it's not the maximum, so don't just tip whatever the spare change is, especially if it's not 15%. Um, tip at least 15. I, I would like to do 20 in most cases. Sometimes I only do 15 because it's like if we're using something like Postmates, you're expected to tip, but your food's going to come back we have like a a 20% like accuracy rating on Postmates. Like it's always wrong. Every time (laughs) the order is wrong. It shows up late. It shows we've had it show up and it not be the right food at all. So it's just like, I'm not going to tip for a job well done when the job wasn't done well. Um, And again, that is, you're not tipping for someone going to get you drinks. You're literally tipping for someone going and driving to you. And they also apply a service fee on top of it. So it's like, wait a minute, I'm paying for delivery. I'm paying an additional service fee. And you also want me to tip. It's often more than just the food itself. Not really. But um, Again, these are the unsung heroes, the people who are putting themselves at risk so that we don't have to. So thank you so much for all that you do. However, I think it's reasonable and understood that I don't want to tip you 20 to 25% when the entire service has given me a like unsatisfactory level of quality and, and accuracy on my order. That's interesting to me because... Um the uh you know from from your description right from your description postmates sounds like i go on the app i place an order for a meal and they deliver it to my house right so it's a bit like uh, i guess grubhub things like that yeah um but over here we definitely do not have the ability to tip on uh services like that um and it's just that's that's interesting to me that you'd, you'd be expected to tip on that as well but then i guess there's also like presumably the people who are doing the delivery part of it are probably in that weird independent contractor type place. <laughs> See previous episode on Prop 22. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one that you're you're expected. Does that mean that you're expected to tip a taxi driver as well? Like in the before times, you jump into a taxi, you pay your what twenty thirty dollars for I don't know how much a taxi ride is, but let's say twenty dollars to get you from here to there. But then it's like twenty dollars plus twenty five percent on uh, on a, as a tip. Like, how, are you expected to do that too, or is it just the service industry? But then See- our taxis, the service industry. I didn't ride a lot. Of, I didn't ride in a lot of cabs until I moved to Japan, and there it was always just kind of like you just did what you did. It was you know mm-hmm. again they didn't really care. Usually a tip was considered like inconsiderate, but sometimes you're just like, hey, look, here's a thousand yen. I'm out. Like, and you just leave, mm-hmm. and it's like it's not a tip. It's just like I don't want change. Um, but the 
in the few times that I have ridden in cabs, I did not tip. And Mm. I don't know if that's the right or wrong thing to do. I, my, my thought was always that it was like, you weren't supposed to tip in cabs. Uh, mostly because cab drivers have like this whole, the cab industry is just strange. I think it's, it's not as strange as the black car system in like the UK. Cause I, from what I've been told there, like they're like, you have to know where you're going, like GPS or not like you're quizzed on it. Um, and that may just be a, an urban legend, but, um, no, it's totally true. It's totally true. Okay. So yeah, I most like in Ubers and lifts and things like that, you're asked to tip, but I think in a traditional cab, I don't know if I've ever tipped other than just keep the change. Like, I think that's usually like my level of like, I don't like cash. If I can't pay with card, I'm already a little miffed. But mm-hmm. if I have cash and I give you cash, like I don't want you to give me change back unless I need you to like break a 50 or something like that. Sure. Interesting. Just uh, really quickly about the black cab thing. Um, in the UK, yes, if you want to be a taxi driver in London, you have to um, sit essentially sit an exam where you are told someone is at Charing Cross Station and wants to go to Waterloo. How do you get there? And you have to like come up with the answer like that. You know, you've got to know the 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 exact route, the fastest route, the a backup route for if it's um, super busy. You have to know it off the top of your head. Whereas the the sort of non-black cabs, just a normal taxi cab, um, they all have GPS in there, but it's the black cabs that don't. So there you go. And see, I, and I, I think that new episode here, um, that is a whole nother thing of like the idea of like service industry and quality acceptance of the service industry like america is so weird about telling people that they've done a bad job (laughs) Mm. and i do like that in like uber and lyft like the rider has a rating that's a and the driver has a rating both both groups have ratings um i think it's funny when you get into like a lyft or an uber they're like well, at least some of the the ones that are more memorable, they're like, "Oh, would you like some gum? Would you like some mints?" Here, there's bottled water in the back seat. Um, we can talk if you want. If you don't want, then I'll just be quiet and look straight ahead. Um, do you need a therapy session? Do you want the windows <laughs> down? Like, how can we best make this comfortable for you so that you give us a five star rating and a tip at the end? And. Sure. A lot of that is because of rating systems in general. I don't I don't want to talk about the cab system because, again, I've never driven for Uber or Lyft. I've only ridden in both. Um, I use Lyft. I don't use Uber. Um, just personal stuff. Like, stuff is, yeah, Silicon Valley stuff, whatever. <laughs> um, but the entire idea of a rating system is to equate a product's like consistency level across stars. But the stars themselves are completely like subjective. Oh, definitely. If you, if you got a package, if you got like a pair of socks, 
And the Sox showed up, you know, a week late, but ultimately were Sox. Mm-hmm. When you went on to Amazon or wherever you got the socks from, how would you rate those socks? So I would rate them on their sockiness, not on their delivery, because like presumably once the Amazon folks give it to the courier, it's out of their hands, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I, yeah, I, I, sorry. I've seen so many comments where people are like, it arrived late, one star, and they're just socks. And it's like, <laughs> they're, they're socks. <laughs> like, what, what do you expect? <laughs> and and it, it has created this pattern that you see of like folks just being like, hey, let's, uh, we're going to, we're going to add silver into our socks and we're going to add micromodal components into these socks. And granted, those socks feel amazing for like a month before they just feel like socks. Mm -hmm. Um, You get like all of these things, like uh, there are companies that talk about all of these amazing features for a product that are literally designed for me to put on my feet and not think about until I wear a hole in them. And then I get more. And Mm -hmm. it's like people will pay $40 for five pairs of socks where I can literally go, I think we have a store where like you can literally buy like 30 pairs of stocks for, of socks for $5. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it's like, why wouldn't I just buy those? And like, well, they're going to wear out. And then like, yeah, but by the time they wear out, like I can go through six of those bags for the amount that you paid for a single pair of socks. Yep. <laughs> And and I, I say that as I've, you know, I've been suckered into the whole, like, MeUndies and Warby Parker and all. Like, I'm literally rocking Warby Parker glasses. But I will say, like, the experience of not having to go into a store was great. But at the same time, like, I just wonder, like, how, how have we gotten to a point now where we're willing to not just increase the price of a product, but also add to it in order to manufacture stars, like manufacture these stars into a product that at the end of the day, like I don't want to read Amazon reviews for a pair of socks. I just don't (laughs) like, I, I really don't like, and like, I feel bad because I mean, sure. That means that Hanes and fruit of the loom and all those companies that have just been dominating the undergarment. I don't want to say underwear because I don't know what that is in the UK. Those are like <laughs> earrings or something. Um, but like that industry, sure. There's, there's like some heavy hitters and there's been a few people that are like, you know what? We're never going to beat the $5 pair of socks or $5 pair of underwear or whatever. But what we'll do is we'll throw a bunch of stuff on it and make you feel like you have this luxury brand undergarment and we'll charge you 10 times as much and we'll just allow the rating system to be the thing that drives us business. I mean, in fact, like I literally turned down a roof, like we were in negotiations to get our roof repaired and it was like, I went on Yelp and as they were telling me about how you couldn't trust Yelp reviews and everything else. I was like, no, nah, I think I'm done. 
<laughs> I think we're not going to do business. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to put those two things on the same level, but like some things you don't need to read reviews for a roof is something you should probably read the reviews. <laughs> Absolutely. If the company is saying, don't read our reviews, trust us. You really shouldn't be trusting them. <laughs> but I think that's it. I think you're, you're, you've, you've kind of hit the nail on the head in that, um, you know, if you go back 20, 30 years ago, a, a company's reputation would only really be tarnished in the media if something had happened. Like, uh, let's say Bob's Sock Company, right? Let's say there's a company called Bob's and they make socks. And then it was found out that their socks were incredibly inferior. There'd be a media scandal about it. It wouldn't be, oh, everyone ha who has the app who can buy the socks will stop buying the socks because, you know, people have started rating them of zero stars or one star or negative stars if the platform allows it. And they'd be writing out, you know, uh, the, these socks were supposed to be made of cotton, but they were actually made of barbed wire. You know, really bad example, but let's, you know, let's just say something like that, right? Oh, I bought these socks and they were supposed to be made of cotton and I opened the packet and they burst into flame. You know, something like that, some stupid like that, right? I like to go with really silly examples, but yeah, if that had happened, it would have been all over the news rather than all over that important internet real estate. Because, you know, I mean, all it takes is one dedicated person to bring down a small to medium business just by posting all sorts of stuff on, you know, on Google reviews, Amazon reviews, Glassdoor, that kind of thing. So I think it's a double-edged sword, right? The, these rating systems are being created so that then the consumer can then make a, an informed decision between is this a good product or is that a good product? But then it's also almost anyone can leave one of these reviews. And then, like you say, it's completely subjective, right? As a completely unrelated example, I listened to a podcast about a, a TV show. This is a, like a TV show from the 70s. This is my favorite show. And uh, they... The, the the folks who make the the show, uh, the folks who make the podcast are huge fans of the show. They're always coming out with loads of trivia that I'm like, wow, I totally didn't know that. But if you look back and they give a rating to every single episode that they, that they talk about, every single episode has a rating of eight or above out of 10. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mean anything then. If you're not giving a one, what does an eight mean? And I suppose the same thing could be said with rating a service or a product. If everything is rated three and a half stars or four stars or five stars, you know, what does a one mean? Uh, you look at the, the video game review systems, right? Most of them hover around 70, 80, 90%. And you get people who get up in arms who are like, oh, this game, it hasn't come out yet, but clearly it's deserving of 100. And I'm like, well, if it is, if you think it is, then, then what does 100 mean? And if all of these products that people are reviewing are 60 to 80%, what does 60 to 80% mean? So here, here's where the, here's where the rating system, in my opinion, has completely gone off the rails. All right. So do you remember back in the day, you've heard the whole story about the red cap thing, right? Mm. And that's cap C-A-P. I don't think so. So, there, Tylenol, I want to say it was Tylenol, um, there was a, 
There is a mix-up between medicines where the wrong pill, like pills were being swapped out and mixed in with other stuff. And there was, in that moment, like there were a couple people that died. Oh like, and it was, it was kind of a huge deal. It was like, Hey, how do we handle this? Uh, trying to figure it out. All right, here we go. Oh, sorry. That was another, <laughs> that was another incident where, um, okay. How the Tylenol murders of 1982 changed how we consume medication. Perfect. Great link. I will add it to the chat. The long and the short of it was in order to in order to show like, hey, kids need to be safe around our drugs. It all happened because someone like a kid got it and got sick and died. Like the whole reason we have a tamper proof seal on medication is because someone got sick and or someone tampered with it and died like mistakes that happen often will be the thing that causes change in the system for the better. And I feel like in some ways that can't happen as much now, because if one bad thing happens, not to the level of someone dying, but bad situations happen. And then all of a sudden a company is like destroyed in the rating system. And here, here's where I'm going with this. Um, earlier this week as we're recording, it's like mid-December, there was a mix-up between an antidepressant and an erectile dysfunction medication. Oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that sit and stir for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I just wonder if you were to give that company a bad rating because they recalled your medication, whether you're on the antidepressant side or the erectile dysfunction side, I'm pretty sure neither one is the situation you want to be dealing with. Mm. But if you look at everything that that company releases i'm at the av care pharma catalog acyclovir which is a huge antiviral clobetazole which is if you have any type of rash or things like that it's, a, it's an ointment there uh, they sell different kinds different types of fixing things in that area um albendazole which is something that i've heard of before just straight up aspirin <laughs> um mm -hmm. Trying to find some other ones. Cyclobenzaprine, doxycycline, uh, benzapril or benazapril. Like, all of these things are things that you can get at your local pharmacy. <laughs> We're not going to the pharmacist and being like, what's the overall rating on this medication? Like, we're just not. We're just saying, how much is it? What? Oh, that's too expensive. Is there a cheaper one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like ibuprofen, if I had a headache, the last thing I'm looking at is like the star ratings on the ibuprofen, you know, thing that I'm buying. Sure. But granted, 
these are things that if you mess them up, people die. Yes. But we don't care. But at the end of the day, we're ready to cancel a restaurant because they got an order mixed up. And it makes no sense to me just the level of oversight, the level of accountability, and the level of just the worst priorities that you could literally get someone's meds mixed up and it killed them. And they're more likely to come out of it unscathed than if you accidentally got a sock with a hole in it. came down and they blew the lights in all London town They were learned to dance to a crazy scar sound Introduced to Dr. Mullen by some two-tone clown Let's ride Yeah